You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a boot camp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. Welcome to our February 2018 Coding Bootcamp News Podcast. I'm Liz. I'm Imogen. And I'm Lauren. And we are rounding up all of the news about coding bootcamps that we found interesting at Course Report from February. And this month's news about bootcamps was totally fascinating. I was so excited to read all of this. We're going to talk about government support for bootcamps and an update on the PROSPER Act. Then we'll talk about companies that are training their employees with boot camps. Such a cool trend. Then the debate between boot camps versus colleges rages on. So we'll talk about grad schools, undergrad versus boot camps, etc. Plus, part of that debate in- involves cost. And we'll talk about ways to pay for boot camps, including the slightly controversial income sharing agreements. And there was plenty of coverage in February of actual bootcamp grads and their achievements and stories about bootcamps opening in new campuses around the world. And one bootcamp just raised $4 million, so keep listening to find out which one. So let's get started with a few updates on government support of bootcamps. In February, we saw a number of signs that the U.S. federal government is starting to get behind coding bootcamps, and at least two pieces of legislation are currently being considered. And Lauren, I think the president sounds like he might also be in support of vocational training like coding boot camps. Yes. So Roger Riddle of Education Dive wrote a brief on how President Trump called for more vocational education in his State of the Union address at the end of January. So Trump stated, let us open great vocational schools so our future workers can learn a craft and realize their full potential. Trump's address was amid U.S. Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos's talks of introducing newer educational options such as stackable credentials, badges and micro degrees. Did Trump refer specifically to coding boot camps in that State of the Union address? Well, not exactly, but Riddle implies that these vocational schools include coding boot camps. He says in this article, ultimately, both K through 12 and higher education have been forced to contend with the realities of a shifting economy and the need to adapt how they educate students in ways that provide the greatest return on investment. So that's an indication that there's general support for vocational education, but I've got an update on something tangible, the PROSPER Act. Do y'all remember the PROSPER Act? Yeah. If you didn't know, it's a bill that makes changes uh, to federal student loans, and it's already been approved by the House Education Committee. So it's now on track for a vote by the House of Representatives. The PROSPER Act would permit non-institutional education providers like coding boot camps to execute and teach 100% of a college's program, and then that college can receive just as much federal student aid. Some say that this is risky because there are no quality restrictions in place. And according to Credible, a personal finance news site, this proposal from House Republicans also places tighter limits on federal student loan borrowing by graduate students. Jeffrey Salingo, who's a higher education writer for The Washington Post, says that grad school has already lost some of its allure thanks to tuition increases and the rise of alternatives like coding boot camps and micromasters programs. And these tighter limits will probably just make graduate degrees less popular. 
And that's not the only piece of legislation under consideration. The New Hampshire Business Review reports that US Representative Annie Kuster has reintroduced legislation to allow coding technology programs to receive funding through the Department of Education. The legislation is called the Coding Technology Improvement Act and would allow programs like coding boot camps to apply for federal education grants. Um, the article mentions the Flatiron School as an example. Nice. So it's clearly not only students who are turning to boot camps. We're seeing more companies realize that coding boot camps are really a great way to train their own employees in this world of constantly changing technology. Totally. And an article in Harvard Business Review looks at how the demand for coding skills is outstripping supply and how tech companies themselves can help upskill the U.S. workforce. The writers talk about the need to increase access to job retraining programs for adults, such as coding boot camps and MOOCs, massive online courses, and that companies in turn should broaden their own screening criteria to accept applicants who have taken those kind of courses rather than just looking for four-year degree grads. The article also mentions the need for companies to provide on-the-job training for employees and to incentivize workers who want to move up. And here's one nuanced example of that, Imogen. According to Deadline Detroit, there is a health insurance company called Meridian in Detroit, which sponsors a free boot camp each year taught by Grand Circus. At least five graduates who pass screening interviews will be offered full-time work at Meridian. Uh, They'll start at an intern-level job, and they'll get on-the-job training. That's such an innovative way to hire developers. And Alan Stamm, the author of this piece, actually caught up with one of those junior software engineers at Meridian, who was hired after that Grand Circus boot camp. Naomi Black says that the boot camp, quote, taught me to not let the fact that I was the only girl in the room make me feel like I don't belong. So we're going to put a link to that application, but the deadline is Monday, March 12th, and it sounds like a really cool program. Yeah, that does sound like a really cool program. So Business Insider actually profiled a pizza delivery company based in Silicon Valley, Zoom Pizza, and how it's expanding its robot and human workforce as it moves towards making a goal of better tasting pizza faster. So they actually pay their employees to go to a coding boot camp and other training courses because of the fact that they have robots now helping their processes and automating work. It makes it more efficient and employees have more time to focus on their career. Zoom's co-founder and president, Julia Collins, said, what we want to do is actually let people have the opportunity to keep growing. I think where the fast food industry fails short is exactly that. It's not typical for somebody to be able to start a fast food restaurant and get sponsorship to go to a coding academy. Well, as much as I love hearing arguments for companies partnering with boot camps, uh, of course, tons of individual students are still going to coding boot camps in order to change their own career, and they have to go through this hiring process, right? So Lauren, tell us about how data is giving employers some hiring suggestions. Yeah, so Matt Santa Maria of the Software Development Times wrote about HackerRank's Developer Skills Report, where they surveyed more than 39,000 software developers around the world to get insight into developer talent. The, re- the report actually found that 81% of recruiters primarily use resumes to assess developers, but predicts that will start to change in 2018. And half of the respondents felt that their resume was not a good reflection of their abilities. This write-up also mentions how developers are turning to coding boot camps to extend their skill sets. That's so relevant, Lauren. I think boot camps are changing not only how a hiring manager sources talent, but also changing the interview process, right? Because portfolios, demo days, GitHubs, those are so much more reflective of a developer's actual skills. 
Okay, y'all, I think everyone has heard that software developers have the quote unquote best job, right? We've all seen those awards. Well, Time Magazine's money section looked this month at why software developers got this best job of 2018 award. Obviously, the salary is compelling. The average developer makes more than $100,000 a year, according to BLS data. There is high demand for these tech skills, so job security is pretty locked down, and the job is satisfied. Programmers are thought to be forever students and always learning. And Time mentions that the mere existence of coding boot camps is a testament to the demand for software developers. And speaking of hiring developers, this next article is a little negative, but a former Google employee and software developer, Ross Williamson, told the NextWeb that bootcamp graduates don't learn enough about how to analyze the complexity and performance of an algorithm, specifically big O analysis, a skill that is often tested for in coding challenges. However, Williamson does say that boot camps provide an adequate amount of education for someone to become a junior developer, but when they graduate, they should continue their education and learn more about data structures, algorithms, probability, and statistics. Yeah, I think that's a classic example of an overhyped headline, but the advice that Ross gives in that article is totally perfect. I actually listened to a podcast episode this month from an executive recruiter, Linda Birch, and we'll post a link to that full episode, but she's basically speaking from a recruiter's perspective and says that you've got to invest in education to keep up with the latest tools. She also says that boot camps for data scientists are under some scrutiny from hiring managers, so do your research based on your own skills gaps. That's great advice. So in the past, tech boot camps have often been perceived as something people do to change careers or after a college degree. But in February, we saw a number of reporters looking at how boot camps could compete with college degrees in terms of price and curriculum. Lauren, tell us what you read about in Education Dive. So Patty Zarling of Education Dive looked at whether universities can keep up with the rapidly changing tech education landscape that includes coding boot camps. The piece highlighted how Steve Wozniak, a co-founder of Apple, has joined a growing pool of business leaders looking to upgrade higher education with the launch of WozU, an online learning platform focused on both STEM students and the companies that will eventually hire those students. And also, the article mentions Kevin Mills, who is the head of corporate partnerships and business development at Coursera, who partnered with Google for a new IT program. He quotes, the problem is technology changes faster than colleges can keep up. Institutions aren't built for quick change, and these programs can step in to fill that need. Yeah, this is a thought that people have had since really the beginning of boot camps. But really, the question is, can a high school grad do a three month boot camp and be ready for the workforce? And I think that has yet to be proven, um, at least to me. However, this month, Paul Fain from Inside Higher Ed looks at whether boot camps could start competing with graduate schools. And that is much more plausible to me. One example that Paul gives is of 2U, which will be using Flatiron School's Learn platform for its online degree programs. Um, they run a lot of like really selective graduate schools. So while boot camps are seen as an add-on to college, not a replacement, he says that boot camps could encroach on the turf of graduate schools. The other trend that Paul points out is that traditional higher education is increasingly absorbing aspects of the short-term training model. Uh, for example, Northeastern University starting their own data analytics boot camp. If you're interested in a solid recap of where boot camps are at right now and where they're going in 2018, I would definitely suggest to read this piece. It's called Phase Two for Boot Camps. And just continuing on this 
coding boot camps versus colleges. EdSurge reporter Jeffrey R. Young looks at how colleges are facing increased competition from boot camps, and he also looks at other predictions for 2018. He talks to EdSurge assistant editor for higher education, Sydney Johnson, who notes that the number of enrollments at boot camps are increasing, and she predicts that more coding boot camps will crop up in 2018. Sydney also mentions a specific boot camp she's interested in. She says, quote, one program in particular that I'm curious about and want to watch over the next few years will be a program called Tectonica, which is a nonprofit coding boot camp that's focusing on women and non-binary people specifically. Todd Moodley published an opinion piece on Zimbabwean tech news site TechZim about whether you can become a software developer without a college degree and how all developers have to keep constantly learning new tech. This was a quick and helpful piece to show the importance of a short-form boot camp education versus going to university, and Moodley states, What some people don't understand is that technology is constantly changing. If you don't adapt, then you will fail. If you don't enjoy learning, then you will become a technology dinosaur and eventually become extinct. I love that analogy, and I think it's so true. So it's very important how students have to keep abreast of the new technologies that are coming today. So regardless of whether you choose to go to a boot camp or go to university, you're going to have to pay for it somehow. So this next article, I think, is useful for anyone considering any kind of education. Um, Quartz reporter Michael J. Corrin looks at the history of income sharing agreements, how boot camps and colleges are using them and whether they are a good deal for students. Did you know that Yale offered an income sharing option back in the 70s, but it was scrapped when frustrated students realized that people earning different amounts paid a different total for their tuition? Yeah, Imogen, that's similar to the reason why New York City doesn't currently allow income sharing agreements, right? Yeah. Because like educational institutions aren't allowed to charge people different amounts for the same course. Exactly. So Michael looks at how 40 years after this Yale experiment, ISA type agreements are re-emerging at startups and colleges as a way to reduce student debt. He mentions companies like Vimo, which facilitate income sharing agreements at educational institutes. So colleges like Purdue University, Lackawanna College in Pennsylvania, and Clarkson University all have ISA programs. And Michael also mentions coding boot camps like App Academy, Mission U, and Kenzie Academy. Mission U and Vimo investor Ryan Craig tells Michael that ISAs are the way of the future. And he says, quote, I'd go as far to say that in five years, any post-secondary educational training program that's two years of length or less, and that's attempting to charge tuition, will be seen as, as an anachronism. It will be a negative market signal to prospective students who will wonder why they're demanding tuition up front rather than taking an income share. But Imogen, are those ISAs good for students? Do we know that? Yeah, so Michael does also look at whether these ISAs are a good deal for students. The Institute for College Access and Success calls them, quote, one of the riskiest ways to finance a college education, end quote. Michael says that although ISAs might be a great incentive for students to get a high-paying job when they graduate, so far regulation is too loose around upper caps and it's unclear what consumer protection laws apply. Then Michael also looks at whether in future ISAs will only be available to future high earners who are high ability at prestigious universities rather than to all students. But he contrasts this with how some universities may eventually favor inclusion over profits. Mission U co-founder Adam Braun says that one of the reasons they offer deferred tuition for their one-year course is to lure students away from college, but also helps to show students that their missions are aligned as students don't have to pay until they're earning $50,000 or more. 
And talking about income sharing, EdSurge and Fast Company reported that online bootcamp Lambda School actually raised $4 million in February to expand their income sharing options for students. I love that ISAs are being covered by journalists. We've been talking about these for the last six or 12 months. And so I think it's only time that we got this kind of nice overview of the entire landscape. Totally recommend reading that full article. And ultimately, the reason that ISAs and deferred tuition are interesting is that it opens boot camps up to so many more students, right? And luckily, February saw tons of great news about what boot camp graduates are up to. Lauren, what did you read about a General Assembly grad? Well, Richard Grundy, a General Assembly web development boot camp grad, launched a nonprofit named Journey in Detroit, Michigan, to teach youth from his community who are generally underrepresented in tech about technology, coding, and life skills. So it's actually a cool story. He first started out as a human resources major and then worked in sales and marketing for AT&T, but soon realized that he wanted to obtain a technical skill set where he didn't have to depend on an income from a large corporation. And now he started a company in is teaching other people how to code. So that's great. That's a great story. And then the Gazette reports that Delta V Code School's first grads in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, have all found jobs within two months of graduating. So congrats to those Delta V grads. Henry Kronk of eLearning Inside profiled Social Hackers Academy, which is a coding boot camp in Athens and Crete, Greece, that teaches refugees and displaced immigrants how to code. The boot camp launched in September 2017, and their two cohorts have included about two dozen students. They're currently looking for donated computers, and they're raising funds for operating the program. Grand Canyon University's newspaper profiles GCU's 15-week coding boot camp, which focuses on Java, and looks at how the diversity split of students is pretty even, and how ages range from under 25 to over 35. The reporter talks to a student who is a graphic designer who couldn't find a job, another who has a background in finance and didn't like his old career, and a third student who is a recent GCU grad and wanted to learn to code. And 10TV profiled Tech Elevator and the demand for coding in Columbus, Ohio. They caught up with a student, Jessica Parent, who graduated 10 months ago and says she increased her salary by $25,000. Good on her. So lots of boot camps in the news, but there are a few boot camps taking steps to be more inclusive of folks traditionally left out of tech. So Liz, tell us about Flatiron School's latest initiative. Yeah, Flatiron School is launching a deferred tuition program for low-income New Yorkers at a new campus in Brooklyn. This initiative comes after Flatiron was acquired by WeWork, and the campus will be in a WeWork building in Dumbo, Brooklyn. That's especially fun news for us because we work in the WeWork Dumbo. Uh, (laughs) They're doing their launch party in March, so if you want to come hang out with us, we'll probably be there. (laughs) See you there. Manchester, England-based coding bootcamp North Coders is partnering with ThoughtWorks to offer full scholarships for four women to go through the 12-week program. So Nikki Jones, who is the Graduate Experience Lead at ThoughtWorks, states, These scholarships are a clear and practical way of empowering aspiring female technologists from all backgrounds by supporting their learning and development. So that's great. And then Patriot Bootcamp is hosting technology workshops in San Antonio, Texas, to introduce veterans and military spouses to coding. Patriot Bootcamp is a nonprofit which aims to fill a niche for military members transitioning out of service by running bootcamps and hackathons. 
In an article from ArabNews.com, we learned about Farishti Foro, the founder of Code to Inspire, which is an all-girls school in Afghanistan. Farishti is one of 16 finalists for the 2018 Index on Censorship Freedom of Expression Awards Fellowship. Winners get a year of support for their work, including training in areas like advocacy and communications. Congrats to Farishti. And talking about female bootcamp founders, Ghanaian bootcamp founder Ivy Barley was named as a top 50 most influential young Ghanaian in 2017 and won a $10,000 investment. She started Developers in Vogue, a coding bootcamp and mentoring organization for women aged 16 and older. So as the bootcamp landscape continues to change, we saw in February how some bootcamps are introducing new courses in campuses. Liz, what's going on with Software Guild? According to Cranes Cleveland, the Software Guild founders are launching a new education company called Drive IT. This is not for beginners. It's for working IT professionals who want to upskill. So they will offer two to four week training courses. They're called workouts in specific technologies like software development, cybersecurity, and business intelligence. A membership costs about $3,600 a year, which would be a great investment for our company for their employees. So that's a totally new company, but Software Guild is still around, of course. And in other Software Guild news, the full-time bootcamp just announced that they will be accepting the GI Bill. And according to WKYU, there are Software Guild students in rural Kentucky who are learning to code at a co-working space called The Hub. Let's hear a bit from WKYU. The Software Guild has an office in Louisville, but this instructor is in Akron, Ohio. That's exactly the reason the hub was created, to use 21st century technology to offer training and workspace with high-speed internet in this rural community. Chase Vincent is executive director of the Ohio County Economic Development Alliance. He says the building was renovated with a $100,000 rural development grant from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. They realize the challenges that rural communities face in economic development, and this scored very high on, on their rubric because, you know, it's... Uh, sort of an innovative idea for a rural community, you know, instead of looking outside and, and trying to draw people in, we, we look back at ourselves and, and say, how do we fit in the 21st century economy? Okay, so the wagon has also been in the news quite a lot this February with profiles of founders and new campus announcements. If you're not familiar with this boot camp, Le Wagon, which has campuses around the world, start with reading the Bloomberg article by Marie Mawad, which interviews French co-founder Boris Payar about why he left banking to start a coding boot camp. Then the Australian and other Australian news websites announced that Le Wagon is opening two new campuses in Melbourne and Sydney, Australia. They are not the first international boot camp to launch there, however, as General Assembly already has campuses down under. Lastly, the wagon is also launching in Casablanca, Morocco. The Arab Weekly profiles the program manager and why Morocco needs this kind of tech education. Miami-based coding bootcamp Winco launched a new product design program with a deferred tuition model. The UXUI bootcamp launched on February 12th and tuition is $10,000 to be paid after grads find a job. Reuters, Fast Company, and EdSurge report that General Assembly is exploring a potential sale, according to CEO Jake Schwartz. The company is currently valued at $425 million, and Michael Horn from Entangled Solutions told EdSurge, you can imagine a General Assembly sale in the same way that we work into you now have a deal, but maybe General Assembly will make some deal with an online learning provider or an online space that enables them to do something faster than before. I think they're doing this from a position of strength. 
And then Flatiron School has opened a new campus in Washington, D.C. in a WeWork building right across from the White House. Technically, D.C. covered the campus launch party, at which Flatiron announced that every woman accepted into the first class would receive a $5,000 scholarship. We also profiled the new campus on Course Report in an interview with Senior Director of Education, Joe Burgess. So check that out. And the first class starts on March 12th. In addition to Flatiron expanding to D.C., Andrew Zaleski from Technically D.C. looks at the future of D.C. coding schools for 2018. Two high-profile bootcamps closed last year, as we all know, Dev Bootcamp and the Iron Yard, but a new round of expansions coming to the district shows how business models are adapting. Um, I think we all know that Coding Dojo and GA have been in D.C. for years, but Flatiron School and Thinkful, which now is doing more in-person events, are new to the scene and creating a little competition in D.C., in order to stay relevant and adapt, Zaleski points out that the most successful boot camps in DC will be flexible, they'll partner closely with their employer network, and they'll extend their curricula to include some computer science concepts that might even mean making their program a bit longer. General Provision, a co-working space and business incubator in Fort Lauderdale, Florida's Fat Village, has begun offering intensive software development training in collaboration with Covalence Coding Academy. The 10-week boot camp costs $9,500 in tuition, and students will learn JavaScript, HTML, and CSS, just like Covalence Coding Academy's online and in-person courses in Nashville, Tennessee, and Birmingham, Alabama. Momentum Learning, the coding school founded and led by former Iron Yard executives, officially launched this month in Durham. And then University of Texas has announced it is partnering with Reviture, a company which provides no-cost immersive software development training and then hires graduates to work on client projects. Reviture also has partnerships with a number of other universities, including the University of South Florida, Florida State University, the City University of New York, and the University of Missouri. The Albuquerque Journal did a piece on how Albuquerque, New Mexico-based school Cultivating Coders is launching a six-week program to train high school teachers to teach coding and computer science in their own classrooms. The founder and CEO, Charles Ashley III, said, We want to get the schools themselves more involved with what they're teaching kids. We can reach a lot more students if teachers buy into what we're doing. To date, Cultivating Coders has given 76 New Mexico students a chance to attend eight-week boot camps for free. According to ABC7, a new free five-month iOS coding bootcamp in Chicago is now accepting applications. This is City Colleges of Chicago's iOS bootcamp, and it's held at Truman College and Kennedy King College. And then Academy School of Blockchain has acquired Soft Uni, an Eastern European IT education platform. The School of Blockchain offers a six-week immersive blockchain program and one-year immersive coders academy online and in Bulgaria and Singapore. The program is already proving quite popular, with 600 candidates applying for 120 places in the first cohort. And following this acquisition, the School of Blockchain plans to expand aggressively over the next 12 to 18 months. Reading.com announced that Coder Camps has partnered with Shasta County, California-based Bethel Church to offer a 24-week online program that combines coding with religious training. Bethel Tech's online course called Coding for a Cause costs $12,900 in tuition, and the languages taught are Java, .NET, JavaScript, and Ruby. Bethel Tech CEO Ryan Collins quotes, Our whole goal is to raise up highly skilled developers to serve companies with excellence, not only in what they do, but who they are in Christ. 
The Las Vegas Review Journal profiles the status of the Vegas startup scene and a new coding school called Punch Code. Gabe Shepard, the campus director for Punch Code, says, quote, either tech companies have to come here and invest in building talent or workforce programs in government and startups need to figure out how to build that talent to attract companies. We're not waiting for both sides to make up their minds. We're just going to do it. Go Punch Code. And then, Lauren, can you tell us about all the new schools on Course Report in February? It sounds like there were a lot this month. Yes, there's definitely a lot of new schools this month. So we have CVCC Coding Bootcamp in Cleveland, Ohio, Spectrum in Hong Kong, China, Tecnologico de Monterrey Coding Bootcamp in Monterrey, Mexico, Ikigai Dojo in Manila, Philippines, Neolan in Madrid, Spain, Learn to Code New Jersey in Madison, New Jersey, Great Adams School of Data Science in Mumbai, India, Punch Code in Las Vegas, Nevada, Washington University Data Analytics Bootcamp in St. Louis, Missouri, Function Camp, which is online, IOKSOFT Technology in Lagos, Nigeria, Social Hackers Academy in Athens and Crete, Greece, Intella Education in Los Angeles and San Jose, California, as well as Calgary, Canada, and then Resilient Coders in Boston, Massachusetts. Well, welcome to all of those new schools. You can check them all out on the course report directory. In addition to all of those new schools, we published so many great pieces on the course report blog this February. Imogen, what was your favorite to work on? I really enjoyed editing a podcast on gender at coding boot camps, which Liz hosted with two women from Full Stack Academy and the Grace Hopper program. It was a super interesting discussion talking about whether women learn better in an all women's coding boot camp environment and why growing up women have often perceived coding to be a man's job. I think both women had some very inspiring things to say. So I think it's a great listen for anyone who is enjoying listening to this news podcast. And then Liz, what was your favorite piece to work on this month? Well, February was an awesome month. I loved interviewing Scott Sustad, who runs Digital Hot Sauce in Vancouver and hires digital marketers from Red Academy. But I also got to talk with the Hack Reactor team about their new blockchain curriculum. Brian Sweeney, who designed this curriculum, like is actually able to explain blockchain in a very reasonable way, not just Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And Hack Reactor is adding blockchain into their remote bootcamp starting in April. So very relevant. Lauren, what was your favorite piece to work on? Well, I actually really liked listening to the Gender at Coding Bootcamps podcast with you, Liz, moderating. Definitely give that a listen, you guys. It's a really great podcast. And I really enjoyed putting together our ultimate guide to digital marketing bootcamps. So check it out to learn about what's going on in the digital marketing landscape and see what bootcamps are your best bet to learn digital marketing. Loved that piece. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, we love feedback. So email us at hello at coursereport.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please, please help other future boot campers find it by going to iTunes, subscribing to the Course Report podcast, and leaving a review. We'll catch up with you in March on the next Course Report Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. Bye. Bye.